Hello, Mother Funkers. Hello and welcome to Mother Funk. We are Shirley and Shirley. Um, how's your week been? It's been good. Oh, great. Been, well, I tell you why it's been good. It's been good because <laughs> it's been different. My willing partner has been more willing because he's had three days off work, which has been so nice. Yeah. He's around in the hat, he's around in the ass, he can do some chores, he's around for me son. But it hasn't been so good in that my son has started nursery. Oh. For the first time ever. And I didn't realise, Shirley, and I tell you this, I didn't realise that I would be such a soft cock about it. But I've been so weirdly emotional. Weeping at the gates. Weeping at the gates. Weeping when I'm not with him. Counting down the minutes so I can go and collect him. But he weeps when I drop him off and he weeps when I pick him up. And I can tell that he's been weeping there. Despite what they say. He's got a very (laughs) puffy face. (sighs) Yeah, he sent me that text that said... um... Yeah, don't, oh, he had a great time. They showed me pictures of him playing on the iPad. <laughs> I thought, oh gosh, I don't know if that's that's the idea. And then I sort of reread it. Oh, they showed me pictures on the iPad. iPad. Of him playing. Yeah, I should have said that. Um, I should have been clear. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I I misread that, and I thought, oh gosh, that's well, what happens. Send now. my chat. No, if I'm not, if I'm managing not to get the iPads out, and believe me, I mean today, I just sort of I closed the door of the kitchen. The thing is, I don't know why I whisper into the mic because my wooden partner listens to this and then brace me up. Tell us your dirty secret. I just really needed to make him a provincial lentil stew and Did get you? other things done. And I just thought, and he was just really, he's hes hes had enough. He's had enough. He's really fed up. He's like his mum. He's fed up. Oh, and dear. so he's really playing up and screaming and dragging my leg, just really just pulling down my pants. Hug, hug, hug. And I said, I can't. I'm chopping up. And I grated my hands as he was sort of pulling on my leg. Oh, grated dirty. so much flesh into the carrot salad. Oh, anyway, that's a mama ragu yeah, injury right there. Yeah, got a plaster there. So what happened? Got the Did first aid on? box out. Oh, yeah, what's the point? What's the point of my story? Yeah, so then I, I was at the end of my tent. So then I said, hey, Dougie, put it on, sat him mm. down. He was stupefied for the next. I said, I'll only let him watch one ep. Let's one just ep. say it was minutes. more than one ep. Yeah. Let's just say. Um, I'm gonna How many everything. do you let him watch? Usually one ep. Only one? I do three. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no. I, I, I know I'll be discovered before I get to three. However, I just thought well, this is absolute bliss as he yes. sat there absolutely stupefied. Anyway, um. What was my point? Oh, yes. So if I'm resisting, because that's a really special treat. If I'm resisting, I'm then not going to, you know, pay, you know, no arm and a leg, send them to nursery so that they can just have an easy time and put their iPad. No, I want them to engage. And they will. Yeah. I think they I are want. engaging. No, that's good. No, I misread. Water activities. Oh, I am pleased. Although Thanks, apparently at the moment, sound activities and water activities are out of the question. Because of the yeah. old um, well, contagion. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yes, that's been my week. It's been nice to have some change, though, Shirley. Oh, change is as good as an Ollie days. It is. It really is. I'm desperate for change. Are you? We might be seeing each other this weekend. I know. We've got our first date this weekend. (laughs) I don't know. It will be socially distanced. Um, I have asked for, um, because there's six of us is allowed, and so there's three couples. Um, I don't know that children are... They count, do they? We'll gloss over that. We'll just we'll gloss, gloss over, over that. <laughs> so over that. the host did assure me that he was going to um, sanitise and disinfect you on the door, on the way yeah. in, um, for peace of mind. And so we're all good. And he's got the marquee set out outside, lest it rains. Although I'll be sort of, you know, he's he's, he's got he's planned it very thoroughly. He's planned a very long should, garden. He's got a very long garden. I think you should probably wear a hazmat. Oh, I will be. Yeah, that's fine. Just for your own peace of mind. I will be wearing traditional Palestinian dress. Oh, good. I haven't seen yes. you in that for a long time. And to be honest with you, I think it, it rather suits you. There we are. 
There we go. I'm excited. So there we are. That's my, and that is my single social engagement of the whole year. And I don't know whether there'll be any more. Let's see how it works out. But the William Partner said, you're only allowed the way to do it because you listen to the, um, the advice and the whatever is to do short stints because what tends to happen after, you know, if you leave it longer than a, a sort of couple of hours, people let their standards slip, people start drinking and not caring and touching the surfaces drinking, and going, it they doesn't start matter. A good time, they start, they to start enjoying themselves. That's not what we're there for. And, and next thing you know, next thing you know, you start, you know, you have a bit of alcohol, you start looking at your host and you go off and you look at the Cote de Boeuf he's prepared and you just go for an embrace, don't you? You want to say thank you, you want to touch. It's only normal. It's so normal. It's the human right. well, instinct. Let's see. We'll let our audience know how we get on with that. Yeah. But we are very excited to introduce our next guest, which we will do very shortly, won't we, Shelley? Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, talk about um, a wild woman. Talk about a wild, wild woman. You know there when you think you've done it all and you go, oh, I've been there, I've got the T-shirt. This one, this one takes it to new levels. Yeah, absolutely. You read her memoirs and you go, wow, what a life. But there we are. Without further ado, we are going to introduce our next guest. Our next guest is a journalist and author who's been a columnist and interviewer at The Telegraph since 2006. She's written four brilliant, funny and brutally honest books about her life, including The Wrong Knickers and Glorious Rock Bottom. She's a mental health campaigner whose discussion with Prince Harry sparked a worldwide conversation. She's also got her own podcast, Mad World. And if that's not enough, she finds time to be a mother. Please give it up for the brilliant Bryony Gordon. Welcome. Hi, Bryony. Hi, how are you? I know you ask your guests this on your podcast, but how are you, really? Um, well, I just started trying to do a 1,000-piece Disney Peter Pan puzzle with my seven-year-old. And she was wow. like... There are more pieces of this puzzle than there are people in my school, Mum. And she just and she just got up and walked out. Oh really? Yeah, she that was, was like, she'd had enough. She was like, No, this is not this is not and we bought it like right at the beginning of lockdown when I was like stockpiling, you know, like, oh, we're gonna be locked in our houses and not allowed out, so I need a skipping rope and a and a jigsaw puzzle and then all of these things which we've just not used at all because we've just used the television as ever. Um, cluttering up the house yeah but we i thought why don't we try the jigsaw puzzle and so now i'm just gonna have to go and put it back in its box but that's fine i don't really well you could do it by yourself can you little by little i could <laughs> i can't think of anything worse than jigsaw i just don't have the patience for it no not to mention no. the time shirley not to mention the time oh. um you're looking very bronze though am i oh, yeah that's like a well it's been quite hot hasn't it I suppose it has. And I, I suppose it uh, has. I went to the beach. I did. Don't tell anyone. Well, obviously, I'm telling. Shh. I went to the beach. I went to the beach. Which beach? We went to. We went all the way. So last week it was my um, husband's fortieth birthday. And oh we, wow! Crikey! We drove all the way to a beach in Dorset. So it was like three hours, um, and to go for a swim in the sea and surprise him with his dad. And oh, that's so sweet. And I, and I got very sunburned. And then we drove three hours back. And um, that's how we celebrate birthdays now. <laughs> in oh, our that's, house. Wow. That's a long time in the car. It was. It was a long time it was, in the car. Was it worth it? It was, it was, it was beyond my wildest dreams. But no, he enjoyed it. And that's the most important thing. Right? No, it's the, it's the small thing, yeah. things now, though. It's the small... Even getting out in the car. 
I feel like I've been really, I, I'm on day release. I Again, went the current when I just think it's just blissful. I went to a different part of my local common yesterday and I, it was like I've been on holiday. <laughs> I was refreshed. I was like, oh, I, tu- I turned right at the bridge instead of turning left as I usually do. It's amazing. They've really set a low bar, haven't they, with coronavirus? They have. <laughs> I know, they yeah, have. I, I, us especially. Yeah, only in the UK. Got to tell me where this new part of the common is, this undiscovered part. We are in the same borough. Oh, right yeah, we now, are. So we are. Well, I'll it. take you there. I'll take you there. Take me there. But I might be Please. bored of it by then. But uh, but yeah. then maybe I can just... Yeah, I'm I'm like... Yeah, I realised the other day I haven't like left... Well, apart from going to Dorset, I haven't... It's very weird, isn't it? Anyway, this is... It's so no weird. No one's listening for my, you know, my my insights on lockdown. I want to know where do you go for a wee when you need to that's my only problem I worry about this when I'm out and about these days um I just go oh I, I, I like I'm really into my wild wees okay because actually yeah. because actually I think it's really good for me <laughs> to, squ- to squat it's the only time I squat and of course and also because i all i have like i have ter- i i have since i was a young girl had really bad obsessive compulsive disorder which okay. has kind of stopped me from leaving lead, leaving the house and there are many different types of obsessive compulsive disorder but one of them obviously is the kind of germ thing and the hygiene thing and all of that stuff so and they call like exposure therapy one of the ways that you get through ocd you learn new patterns and so for me, going to the loo in the in the great wild is a really good thing. It's like growing a new muscle. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was just listening to that pod- your podcast with your mother, your latest one, which yeah. was really lovely. It was really lovely. It was really lovely. And I'm with your mother on the pelvic floor thing, just talking of the nether regions. Oh yeah, my yeah. No, I mean, do I... you not? Do sorry, do you not feel it when you do? Like she says, the star jump. Do you not feel it bearing down? Because I still do. I know it's been seven years for you since you gave birth to your, your delightful Edie, but um, um, I don't, I don't do star jumps. Oh, I see. I, I could see. try. I could, <laughs> I could try now, but I don't do star jumps, so I don't no, know. I don't do star Here jumps. Shirley, do you? Do you, in all honesty, do star jumps? I was just yesterday doing Joe Wicks's workout and we oh, did some I star see. jumps. Right. It's the all children's right, workout, and because I was feeling very lethargic and lazy and a bit low, I was a bit low, so I thought I actually need to energize. And of course, and as you say, Bryony, the last thing you want to do is exercise, but we know it's good for us. So I said, no, whack it on. I'll follow him. It's only five minutes. So I did literally forty seconds of star jumps. I thought, actually, I need to get back on those pelvic floors. It was bearing down. It all felt very loosey goosey down there. I'm doing them right now. Yeah, now that you've got to my Kegels, all clenching. Is it Kegels? Kegels. Kegels. I still get the reminders. Like five times. I remember you telling me about the app. There's an app. Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you do? Shirley introduced me to it. What do you do? They just send reminders, and then you can follow the sort of hold in, release, and you do sort of ten. 10 seconds times 10 of holding in and then 10 quick fire clench. I, yeah, I, I, do, I ended up having um, an uh, emergency C-section. And so I wonder if, because I didn't like, mm. what's it? They, there's a new way of calling it now. It's like birthing, what's the phrase? I, Is it not called the mother hole? Well, Coming out of your mother hole? <laughs> or the sunroof or whatever. So I, oh, yeah, I, I, I was, I was lucky. I mean, I obviously experienced some other horrors that you get from having an emergency C-section, but I was spared the kind of like tearing. I mean, obviously mm. I tore where there was a scar because they had to get into my body, but like 
I remember going being taken into the into the after being in labor for like seven years or whatever. It felt like seven years. And they were like, Oh, we we're gonna the baby's stuck. We're we're gonna have to go into theatre, um, we're trying to pesiotomy and I was like, Fuck. And then I, I did remember, that one. Did you? So Yeah, but I continue, continue. So then then I didn't know what was going on because I was like I'd taken all of the drugs because obviously I hadn't been able to take drugs for like nine months and so I was out of it and then they were like oh no this isn't gonna work we're gonna have to do an emergency c-section and I was like fuck they've given me like that's the that's the worst of all worlds like they've given me an episiotomy and I'm gonna have a c-section but then they were like but it turned out I, I was so out of it I didn't even like feel that um they hadn't had to do an episiotomy and they were like, we're really sorry. We're going to have to do an emergency C-section. And I was like, I don't care. Just just get it out of me. Just get it, get it, just out, get it yeah. the fuck out of me. I, as long as this is over in three minutes, I couldn't give a shit what you do. How, well. It's, yeah. <laughs> but it's amazing you're, you're, when you're at that, that low point, you just don't care. Because they, yeah, they said, right, get her in, wheel her in for an episiotomy, and then we'll prepare for the C-section. I go, don't butcher me from down and from up. You can't sit down, you can't move. I was, you know, but I was delirious on the drugs, and I was sort of thinking, I know this is somewhere in my sane mind. This is not cool, but I don't care. Yeah, and you... they managed to get out with the salad spoons in the end with an episiotomy. <laughs> Didn't you, you just sort of sneezed and out the baby came? Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I wouldn't listen. I was slow down. It wasn't that easy. I did five hours. <laughs> oh, that is... I... oh, sorry. She that's... did five hours of deep breathing. And it five hours in straight earnest. out. Okay. It well, was one of the. Okay. Listen, and she just had was, a hanky of was. lavender. She goes, if I can make any recommendations to mothers out there, just a hanky of lavender, just really deep breathe. And then, I, yeah. Listen, I remember it wasn't easy, but it did slip out a bit. No, it didn't slip out. I had, listen, Bryony, it wasn't easy. I'm not, but, I'm not, oh, no. I'm not undermining your, your like labor experience. <laughs> I'm just saying, I remember I was like texting you. And then the next, the, the reply in the conversation was, I've just had a baby. I'm like, oh. He's here. <laughs> yeah. He's here. It was fine. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm, that's, but what? But, going out shopping. But can you just reply to my text properly? Like, I don't care about it. Did I not? <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. Listen, it was very, it was very country file. It came out very quickly, but it was, you know, it was, it was a short, sharp shock. <laughs> yeah, so listen, it was nothing in comparison to other Shirley. So listen. Uh, no, it's, not com- it's not a competition. But I had problems later, Bryony, you know? Did you? I nearly had, I, I had mastitis. I had a horrible midwife. I thought it was I invited everyone over straight away, and then I didn't realise that actually I couldn't cope. So you know, I think somewhere along the between getting up the daft and rearing a child in the first couple of months, you're gonna you kind of come a cropper somewhere. Oh yeah, it's no, you know, yeah, you might have an easy labour, but then later on, back at home, they booted me out of the hospital same day. Well, that's because it happened. <laughs> well, I mean, it slipped out. But I do think there is that thing of like it isn't a competition, but I remember in the, I mean, it's so long ago now, but. I do remember that the sort of war stories it's a bit like when I went to rehab and people would tell each you know tell each other how they'd wound up in a rehab center (laughs) and that was what early motherhood was like you know yeah everyone oh yeah this then this happened you're going oh god it's shit show um, and, and you like a good yarn as well. You tell a good story. It would have been terrible had you had a smooth birth because you know people people expect a people story. don't want to hear it. Yeah, people they don't want, want to hear it. It's dull. Um, no, they want to hear absolute nightmare on Goose Street. 
I remember like you were saying that you've got mastitis, but I remember I have like huge, like really, and this isn't me boasting, but I have like very large breasts, okay? I like, can, for the viewers, yeah. listeners I, at home, yeah. she has got humongous breasts. She's and, on video now. And and they like, if I take my bra off, they're like cow udders by my knees kind of thing. But I thought, and they'd always been a bit of a bane because they were, you know, that kind of from a very young, they sort of sprouted when I was like 11. Mm. And I, so I'd always been like very kind of self-conscious of them. And then I remember thinking, well, this is when they're going to come into their own. I'm going to be like milking. I'm going to be like, the, I'm going to be the neighborhood milkmaid, you know, I'm just... And then milk for uh, everyone. Milky bars are on me. Yeah, I'm like this is this is. I'm just and when in NCT and they were like, now we're going to talk about breastfeeding. And I was like, oh, as if I'm going to struggle with that. And I remember my daughter was like the first person ever to turn away from my boobs, screaming in horror. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe not the first. <laughs> but and, and she was. I just like there was a look of terror, like abject terror in her like one day old eyes. Like what the fuck? And I'm um, sorry for swearing. And um, please, you're welcome. And so I didn't even like I I just failed. I I remember just failing on all levels and eventually just getting the formula out. So I didn't even get to well, have that's... mastitis. So I guess I didn't I didn't get mastitis. But I yeah. Anyway, it's did not. They, did they increase in size? Because I went from literally a double A to I mean I was like Kim Kardashian. I've never seen such a pair of me, <laughs> and I enjoyed the look, although it hurts. I wonder whether it's a bit like with um, the male member, if it's already, <laughs> you know, if it's already quite, it doesn't grow that much more. Is that the same with a big well, rack? I was a, I was an H cup, I think, before I got. You've lost me already. I have no concept <laughs> okay. of an H. We only go Beyond up to B. B. Beyond to B. Yeah, we, we have no concept, finally. But go on, you went from H to? A double J, K. Okay. And I'm still that. H like, I, I basically, like, I'm still seven years on I weigh as much as I did when I was fully pregnant I was like I quite like this this is this is my like weeble size I, I'm happy with it so they've stayed at a, a, a handsome J double J whatever I don't know I'm so used wow. to them they've never been anything else other than fucking humongous I don't know where they came <laughs> from either because like my mum doesn't have big boobs or it's like some strange abnormality that sort of skipped several generations or something <laughs> But back to your mother, because it was so, no, remember, I'd like to know, because it was really lovely listening to the podcast. I mean, you know, I could never speak to my mother about masturbation the way oh that you gosh, did no, with your, I, I mean, it just, but I love it. I love it. It's great. But how much of your relationship, how much has your relationship with your mother influenced how you are as a mother? Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, do you want me to ask honest, do you want me to answer honestly? Well, sort of, yeah. Please, <laughs> no, no, no. Honestly. Honestly, why change? I think it makes me, I think I certainly appreciate, so I am like a lot of kids, I mean, I'm not a child, but a lot of grown children in that I still have like massive resentments against my parents for like the way they treated me as a teenager and oh, they're so embarrassing and yada, yada, yada. And I now have a bit more sympathy to that and realise they were just doing their best with what they'd been given. Um, so <laughs> and I have, and I remember being quite like pompous when Edie was born, and I was like, I'm not going to be anything like my mom. Like, I'm not going to like. I don't know what my mom did that was so awful, but you know, I'm I'm not going to feed her junk food. So occasionally, my mum fed us junk food. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And now I'm like, mm, yeah, that all went out the window quite quickly. Yeah. But being a mum has been like, I don't know. It's been such a 
I look back to when I had my daughter and I was, how old was I? 32. And I'll be 40, like, in a few weeks. And I literally feel like I... I, I'm really amazed that they let me take my child home with me from the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know that feeling. I I also I was like I was I was really unwell and and I didn't have a fucking clue. And it and it so it it really again I I sort of I remember when my daughter was born being like totally on edge. I remember someone saying to me, people have been having babies literally since day you know mm. you know and any you know it, anyone can do it. Um, but I, you know, I didn't, I remember thinking, like, I met my now husband and we had, we were pregnant within like six, seven months or whatever. And it was all a bit of a surprise. I mean, it was, it was fine. You know, we love fine. It was fine. We were, <laughs> fine. we were, you know, we were living together already. So we knew we were like, we knew we were, uh, you know, in it for the long haul, but I was a real creature. <laughs> to put it mildly like I was a real party girl uh an animal the, let's call an, it an, an animal. animal and I was you know I that was me like briny fun time you know everyone lives their life vicariously through me I drank a lot I took a lot of drugs and I remember thinking that I was like oh great I'm pregnant like like this is like this is going to sort me out, you know, this is it's rehab, <laughs> you know, obviously. That, that's actually one of the questions I wanted to ask you, whether, because a child does, because sometimes and the way it works is people sort their life out, then that gives them the space and the head, head, head mindset to do the things they wanted to do, like maybe find a partner, have a child, or some people have the child in the midst of all this madness, and then that helps them sort things out. Well, I remember, so I was, my daughter was four when I got sober. And I remember um, an intervention being made, and <laughs> actually, it was <laughs> it was after I got back from your wedding, Pascal, because I was desperately was it the wedding that tried to oh, get. Really? Was it the wedding? No, that it you was, wasn't. Too much. No, 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 no. But I remember I had like done thirty five days sober, and then we went to your wedding, and then I don't know why I, I thought know. I could go to a wedding, and I didn't. It wasn't like it wasn't that. But I remember getting back and being like, "Oh, I can't. I just why can't I do this?" And a friend saying, "I'm taking you to rehab," and I was like, "What?" And I remember this man sitting down and saying to me, um, well, you know, some how some people do mature out. I was like, that sounds like, yeah. When am I going to mature out? Mature out is favorite. And he was like, how old are you? I was like, 37. And he was like, yeah, no, you, you're not going to mature out. You know, you, are, you do it. So a lot of people do, you know, a lot of people are party animals and then they grow up, basically. I didn't. And, um, and uh, I like was in so many different layers of denial about my drinking and my using and it was it was a coping mechanism and I and I sort of had so many different controls so I was like I never drank uh until my daughter was asleep I you know mm. I didn't drink spirits I didn't drink wine I'd got it down to like session ale because I could just drink that until I fell over basically and you know, so there were so many, and I was like, oh, I need to do drugs occasionally. You know, I managed to put the drugs down, actually, obviously, when I had my daughter, but they started to come back. And, you know, you never, I don't think you ever put, if you're an, an alcoholic or an addict, you don't, you know, you don't, you can outrun something for a bit, but it will always catch up with you. And it did when I, when she was four. And, you know, I, I'm grateful that she she literally has no memory of me drinking and she doesn't you know it doesn't it's not a it's not something she 
she just thinks she's very funny. She's like, oh, mummy doesn't drink. Mummy, mummy, is allergic to alcohol, and you know, and and, yes, and yeah, and so hopefully, but I know I there'll be diff, there'll be umpteen different ways in which I damaged her without her even seeing me drinking. Do you see what I mean? Like that desperation to put her down without reading her story and just like Shh, go to bed. Here's a dummy. Do you know what I mean? Not like, now, Bernard. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and how fucking cranky I would be the next day, you know, and yeah. take it out on her. And, and well, uh, well the, the question, because, you know, sometimes a child acts as a catalyst for change. Um, and you're saying actually it, took, it was a, it was four years. So it's quite a way into um, having into motherhood. And then what was what was the, the point where well, I, you I just saw, said enough I, is enough? I, I it was just becoming clear to me that my behaviors were not behaviors that were um you, you know i mean i've uh, there were sort of awful things happened and you know i would go missing for a night or a day or whatever and you know and there were just all sorts of instances i've written about it it's really interesting because i the, the glorious rock bottom which you mentioned is my next book and it's actually not out until yeah. august um it got put back because and it's so i've been i I'm waiting. I've been like, wait, it was supposed to come out in May. And I was like, all like geared up, May, 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 May. And that's when I'll, you know, my shame will be unveiled to the world. Or yeah. And then they're like, no, August. So I'm like, August, 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 August. But I'm not, I'm, you know, it's all. So I put a lot in it because I think the other thing I learned when I got sober and when I went into rehab, like the first person I met in rehab was another mum who lived a mile away from me, who uh, did a similar th- job to me and who, um, had exactly the same sobriety date as me and I remember it blew me away it absolutely fucking mm. blew me away because I thought I was the worst person in the world you know what kind and the of only mom, person the only person what kind of mum behaves like mm. this and all along there was someone else doing it a mile up the road and you know right now as we're having this conversation I know that it's going on it, it's going on everywhere it goes on everywhere you know there's and alcoholism affects everyone mm. you know it, it'll it'll it isn't you know my my definition of alcohol was very kind of alcoholism was very rigid it was an old man on a park bench you know drinking out of a paper bag and actually and i was like i can't be an alcoholic i go to reforma pilates i can't be an alcoholic i've run a marathon i can't be an alcoholic i've interviewed prince harry you know all of those mm. things that were like my qualifiers mm. i've got a roof over my head i've done and you know i spent my whole life trying to prove i wasn't an alcoholic and in the end it was just a lot easier to surrender to the fact i mm. was and but i do also know that it has a huge effect on children you know we know that it's a, they call it a family illness it just gets passed you know it's mm. their pattern i mean most mental health issues are just passed down through the generations right and um i i I'm like I so I was very prepared to put certain very dark bits of my last days of drinking in this book because either we you know I remember my mum read it and was like are you sure Bridie mm. are you sure you want that out there and I was like yes I am because that reaction is exactly why it needs to be out there this kind of stuff and we need to be having these conversations because either we let shame you know or this illness kind of thrives in shame shame keeps shame kept mm. me sick you know and if I knew that there were loads of other people out there and I wasn't the worst person in the world I was just an ill person who sometimes did bad things because of that illness I may have got sober a lot quicker so you know I, I, it's a big issue and uh we sort of we sort of laugh off 
mummy drinking and all of that stuff don't we and that's you know and it, and it is a way for some people for there are many people and i don't you know i i want to get very i don't want to be that kind of person who's like um you know condemns all drinking because i'm not at all uh, if you can have one drink fine do you know what i mean like that's but i was never that person i mean you've seen me drink um and <laughs> I don't uh, know who who are who are these people who can drink one. I the think French, more of a problem the French than, can have one than, drink. In this yes, country, I don't think that many can. A, no, it's there's. I think there's. It's a it's a bigger problem yeah, than it is. anyone it can is. accept. Um, well, it's the, it's it's the only kind of uh, coping mechanism any of us are given, right? Mm. So, like, oh, you've had a tough day, have a glass of red wine or whatever, and um, have a drink, go to the pub, relax, and. I think there's also a lot of shame because you think, well, this is illegal. This is legal. Mm. It's 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 sold in the so- supermarket. Why can't I get it right? Why can't I drink responsibly? You know, and so, but it is a it's a drug. It's a drug. It's a drug, it, and it's addictive. It's addictive. Bottom line, and it's a it's a depressant that masquerades mm. remarkably well as an, a relaxant. Like it's like Oscar winning, right? Mm. And people get and and that's. And that's where the problem comes in because you, you know, you instantly get that. <sighs> but I've learned that in my case, if I was to pick up a drink tonight or this afternoon, whatever I was drinking on, I'd only be putting off to tomorrow when it would come back with interest, yeah. you know. And so for me, it was a lot easier just, it's like genuinely easier to have none than it is to have one. Like my husband's always like, Friday, why, he used to be like, why can't you have one? And I'd be like, why can't you fuck off? Um, It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not my thing. I really fell in love with him um, when when you met him at the end of the, in your book, um, The the Wrong Knickers. Um, I hadn't twigged and I know you have. You know, I know your husband, and I hadn't twigged that the Harry that was friends with Steve was the Harry. Just hadn't twigged because you, you were just so you you can stand him. But just because <laughs> of just that whole thing of just knowing you and accepting you and being okay with that sort of lifestyle towards the end, and obviously, but for much longer. And I thought that's that's who you want to meet, and it is those things about meeting someone who you just feel content with that you can watch a box set with that you look forward to eating with and then it's the stress is out of it and the mania is out of it but it's amazing that you've written about all this stuff and that you've been so brave and so honest I mean it's really you know because so few people are that's the thing and you're right once you have the strength to do that then other people come forward and say oh actually yes I also have you know it's I think that is amazing I think I really do well, it well helps, but it yeah. helps. It helps me as well because yeah. every time someone says to me, "Oh yeah, I've had that thing," I'm like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not mad, or I am mad, and it's okay." Do you know what I mean? But I'm not bad. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. And in in terms of recovery, because uh, you know, lots of people will know, but some people don't know. It's not a. It's not an overnight cure. It's an. It's a battle every day. And um, when when you. And if you ever get a wobble, what's in your toolkit to help you sort of survive? Um, uh, well, I do. T- I go to twelve-step meetings. Are you doing those online at the moment, like Zoom? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Zoom. It's amazing. Um, and then I, I've like, I have a, I have friends who are also sober, you know, and we, and I reach out to them, uh, and you know, and that's, I, I, I ask for help. Mm. 
you know, and yeah. I think that's the big difference. And I also, it's it's about having to accept that the way I do things is not necessarily the right way. And sometimes I, I have to like, what I've learned through getting sober is that it's it's sort of, um, the, the answer is, I don't know how to cope with life, which is why I ended up drinking. And so I have to really sit down and be quite methodical about how I'm going to react to something or how I'm going to do my day or, you know, I, I can go into like absolute meltdown if I have to have a difficult conversation with someone at work or, you know, when other people are just like, it's just one of those things, you know? Um, so I, I have to sort of speak to friends a lot, but I don't, I don't wobble, like I don't really wobble anymore about the drinking, which is amazing. Like if you, when I got, when I, went in and got sober I couldn't imagine a life without alcohol and now I really cannot mm. imagine a life with it and mm. I don't want to like it just wouldn't make it wouldn't help me in any way and there have been moments during lockdown where I've gone oh, fucking like the, the sun's been mm. shining do you know what I mean and people are like and uh and I think oh I just would like to sit in the garden and get fucked mm. <laughs> uh mm. and I haven't, but I remember, no, you wouldn't, Bronnie, because that, that was not going to make anything better. I wouldn't have turned mm. up. I wouldn't have been able to do this. I mean, I'm I'm bad enough at, uh, at organising my life sober. I mean, it's a fucking shit show. I keep saying shit show. It's my, it's my phrase of 2020. Uh, 2020. Oh, it's, it's quite apt. It's quite yeah. apt anyway. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I you know, I, 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 it's brilliant being sober, which is something I never thought I'd say. And I'm a really, I'm a like a, I'm like a, I mean, like I'm a much better mum, obviously, than when I was and, like. And you get shit done. You get shit done. I do, yeah. Like, like the puzzle. Well, no, we haven't got the puzzle done, but you know, like the the buying a jigsaw puzzle. I'm like, this is so grown it up. It is grown and up. Like, I, but the fact that you write a yeah. column every week is a really responsible thing to do. I mean, where do you? No, but it is. <laughs> I mean, you've got to come up with something weekly that then gets two, two, two columns. Two columns. Is one with your mum and mm. one. On your Todd? No, I don't. I do them both by myself. Okay. My mum doesn't help right. me with my columns. Okay, so your mum doesn't help you with your columns. <laughs> no, I used to do a column do with my mum. I used to do one with my mum. It was like mum, daughter, but we don't do that anymore. Okay. I do two a week for the Telegraph. How do you know what to write about on a daily? On a weekly, rather? Well, well, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I just kind of sit and think about what's made me... <clears throat> angry okay. yeah which is easy <laughs> Tap in into that. Age, it's very easy well, the moment is is i would really like to write about something other than coronavirus yeah i have every week i have written had to write about coronavirus every week since the beginning of february mm. um and i'm a bit over it now i mean i know it's not in my yeah. gift to be over it it's <laughs> yeah but um i constantly it's kind of sinking in yeah. you know the, the 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 hugeness of of what everyone has been through this year actually and it's it's absolutely fucking mental. Yeah, I think it's another human quality condition is to normalise things very quickly because you have to because you need to get on. You know, you need mm. to just get on with your life. And I I hope that uh, you know it's uh, people will kind of sit and just take a moment to accept that it's a really it's been a really hard time yeah. and it's been sad and it's been uh, frightening and all of those things. We were so looking forward to 2020. Shelley and I had a long conversation about how we loved the symmetry of 2020 and it was a, a brilliant, you know, exciting time. 
And actually, it can fuck off. It can absolutely do one, can't it? <laughs> well, I, I said to, are we? Oh my god! So we started twenty twenty. We, I like this was like my trip of a lifetime. We went to Thailand for Christmas and New Year, right? Lovely. And it was like, oh my god! And we were like on the beach, and there were fireworks, and we were like, oh, this is going to be a good year. And I, and I remember I'd written a column about like goodbye to that decade. You know, it's all the pace of. I was like, oh, that was a bit much. That you know, we were like, what three general elections in two years, yeah. and we, oh, that's enough. Like, and I wrote this column where I was like, hopefully the twenties will settle down from their adolescent, you know, chaos. And then it was like within days, like Iran, the Australian bushfire fires, the you know Harry and Meghan, and my like literally work was like boom, 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 and um, yes, it can. But I also I do have a theory, yeah. like everyone talking about how awful twenty twenty is. I think it's as awful as it probably has needed to be. Like this, and it is no more awful. Uh, as it always is for lots of groups of people. So like mm. marginalised groups, disabled people, people of colour, um, you know, yeah. uh, the elderly who are ignored. And I and I think it's really showing us how lots of people have to live all the fucking mm. time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, and I hope, and I hope, I hope that we will change in a positive way because of that. I think we will, but then all, in a way. You're right, it's been humbling. Yeah, it has it's been, been humbling. Yeah. I, I'm seeing people differently. I have to say, I'm seeing differently. And when I see, what well, I'm seeing, I'm not seeing anyone. That was an outright lie. I haven't seen anyone. <laughs> Shirley's been locked down um, and hatch on since I the beginning. I've been so locked that down. But no, I did go for a blood test the other day, and it did feel like I was on day release. And I did look, and I just look at people, and I smile so, so strongly, and I look at them, and I'm looking at everyone. You know, you did the you did the blood test. I oh I did the COVID. Yeah, I did the COVID. Oh. That was separate, but um, uh, negative. And um, just just FYI, but I was doing such some a dis- some other things. It's a disappointment. I was slightly disappointed. When she texted me and said negative, I was a bit like, oh. Because then she thought she'd caught it off because I gave her something she absolutely gave me something, stinking oh. back in Jan. Three weeks, my eyeballs ached. I couldn't see anything. I just uh, walked We had oh. a, perpe- a perpetual cough, a perpetual period, and it was, <laughs> it was gasping awful. anyway. Um, I thought that was COVID, so we were certain, but no, sadly not. Yeah, we thought it was COVID. But they did, the doctor did say, listen, you are, you know, lots of people get a bit deflated when they find out it's negative because they think, oh, I got away with that and now I'm immune. They said, we still don't know enough about it. It plays havoc in the body. It can lie dormant and then reappear and inflame whenever. So you really, really don't want COVID. Yes, some people get away with it. A lot of people aren't getting away with it. So I thought, no, that reassured me. Yeah, I did one of those antibody tests and and I, a negative negative. Ne- negative, negative ghost rider how did that um, blood come out it, it, it it's a lot of blood not, isn't it it, it, yeah, it, was, it was like it was not it, it wasn't yeah it wasn't a pretty sight <laughs> but yeah no no one wants covid that's true and uh hopefully it'll just fuck off <laughs> oh. Riney, what would you yes. say has been your biggest achievement so far in your life um so many yeah. to choose from. Man- ma- managing to get to get this i if if this audio recording works no, and i manage to no, send not, it to you you're not allowed that you're not allowed that <laughs> okay okay uh well i mean it's getting sober yeah i think it has to be um yeah i do i do have a fair amount of respect for myself for managing to get uh pretty yeah. harry to talk about his mental health yeah. um, um awesome. and i look back and go I don't really know how that happened. Um, 
Yeah, there are times when I look at my life and I'm like, what's, why, like, why are you, why are you talking yeah, to me? It is huge. That is huge. <laughs> I listened to it earlier. I thought, wow, wow. You know, it is, it's a big it, it deal. Is. And then, and then remembering you in the book, just going, yeah. And sometimes I get to um, interview these awesome people like Justin Timberlake and this and that. And I go, and she's just gone and got Prince Harry. And then, you know, this sort of seedy debauched life you're leading on the side. And then you're, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a film. Bryony. It's a I film. Remember. I remember saying, I remember asking Prince Harry how he coped with, you know, life. And he said, well, I think in a similar way to you, Bryony, from what I've <laughs> yeah, Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So Don't sweet. quote me on that. We were, Whatever no. he said. No, 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 he did say that. that. He did say that. And what a lovely, lovely, honest and open and beautiful boy. Yeah. Such a sweetheart. And you brought that out. You brought that. He's got it, obviously, but you drew that out. So you well drew done. that out. So these are quick fire questions. You don't really need to think too much. You just say, just say first thing that comes into your head. Running or yoga? Uh, running. Chicken or cheese? Chicken. Butlins or Barbados? Uh, Barbados. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised. I thought you, I heard you were a Butlins fan. I, I'm surprised that I said chicken over cheese. I just want to say that. Like that, would, that if you like, could go back, something... would you say cheese? No, but I need to sit with that okay, for a bit. Okay, sit with that. <laughs> ideally i'd like the cheese over the cheese exactly right okay brownie thank you so much we so enjoyed you. you no thank you very much for having me on shirley and shirley and please and and, and and yes um rock bottom that's the one to look out for have i um please Glor- glorious rock bottom uh, glorious glorious rock bottom is available from all good bookshops which will be open soon uh from august the 6th august the 6th and also it will be available on ebook and audio and- Yes, fantastic. And Amazon, I, I looked on Amazon, and that was that was. Yes, yes, but shh, we don't want to promote. Shh, not pitch. We want to promote. Stop it, Shirley. We want to promote. We want to promote our local. We want to promote shops. I know Daunt is opening next week. I've been told. So there we are. Well, that's not an independent. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bryony. Thank you very much, Bryony. Thank you. Thank you. Huge thanks as always to Mabel Productions. You've been listening to Motherfunk with Shirley and Shirley, otherwise known as Joanna Carolan and Pascal Wilson, produced by Mabel Productions. Tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Motherfunk.